Hi, I'm Meredith. And I'm Katie. And you're listening to I'm Not Scared, You're Scared. A horror movie podcast. If you are a fan of the show, please like and follow us on iTunes and Spotify and review us. It'll help spread the word. Also, you can follow us on Instagram at I'm Not Scared, You're Scared or email us at I'm Not Scared, You're Scared at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us. This is the first episode of our fourth season. We are so accomplished. Of our little baby podcast. <laughs> our hobby. Our little hobby. Our hobby lobby. Ugh. Yeah. Ooh. I'm sorry. <laughs> Immediately dragging it down. Uh, yuck. Uh, we're going to talk about the movie Bodies, 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 which came out sometime. I don't remember. 22? 2022. 21? Something like that? It's not that long remember. ago. Um, I don't have the date on my paper. It's not important. What is important <laughs> is what's new with Meredith. We had our New Year's party. It was really fun. Victor made pot roast, I think. Yes. It had meat. <laughs> it was a meat it in was a meat, pot. Meat and carrots and Gravies. It was really, really fun. We played cards, dice. Uh, we hung out. Um, Victor flew my sister out as a surprise to come and spend time with us. I felt bad, though, because when I'm on break, uh, I tend to just sit around. Mm. And I don't want to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is self-care. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just so tired from, you know, being a teacher with a 24, no, sometimes 26, six-year-olds. And I'm just... Who are really, you, Michelle Duggar? I know, I'm like, oh... So, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm just so like overstimulated. And so when I come home and have a good week off, I'm like, I just want to sit in the quiet or sit and not move or do anything. Yeah. So Lizzie was like, just kind of sitting around with you. <laughs> yes. It was, it's like when uh, toddlers um, have tandem play before they developmentally get to the point where they interact to play, but they sit next to each other and play. And you're like, oh, look, it's a milestone. Yeah, that's what I have to like regress back to that because I'm <laughs> anyway. But I think Lizzie had fun, and we had we we like hung out at night and did like played cards, made dinner, had people over, other mm. stuff. So we did things. But during the day, I was like, I'm gonna sleep in till like eight thirty. <laughs> I'm gonna sit in my pajamas, drink coffee, and be a bum for like most of the day until I get up. <laughs> but it was great. A great two weeks. That's awesome. And I have work tomorrow, which I'm not thrilled about. But, yep. you know, this is where we are. So yeah. what's new with you, Katie? Um, well, I guess I kind of had the, the opposite experience with my break, um, though I also enjoy the like release of not having um, all, everything that goes along with the kids and work and everything. Maybe it's a difference because mine aren't six-year-olds. You know, mm -hmm. mine are... 11 year olds. Um, and so it's, you know, it leaves you with a different type of um, wearing down. <laughs> um, but I actually had like a fairly productive and active break. Like we, we did a handful of things. Um, my sister-in-law was here for Christmas from Chicago and her um, little baby's first birthday was Christmas. Oh, um, so that was, it That's was our fine. first time like kind of figuring out how we're going to, as a family, celebrate Christmas and the birthday on the 25th. Cause we already, my mother-in-law, the uh, baby's grandma is already, her birthday's the 26th. 
the baby's dad's birthday is the 22nd. The baby's parents' anniversary is the 28th. So it's like kind of crazy. Craziness in December. Yeah. Um, But it went pretty well. And then my sister-in-law and her husband were out um, until New Year's Eve. They flew home on the 31st. Um, So we got to do a couple things with them. We went to Moss Beach Distillery for dinner one night with them. That place is so pretty. Yeah. um, Unfortunately, it was already dark when we went. And so even though we were sitting next to the window, we didn't get to enjoy what I understand are spectacular ocean views. Oh. Um, So we'll have to to be back. You have to go to like early bird special, four o'clock. Um, <laughs> or in the summer for when it's like laid out for a long, long time. Yeah. Um, but we did that with them. We also one day went down to um, Fisherman's Wharf with them because um, usually like one of their things for since my sister-in-law was a, a baby was going to the father-daughter um, dance at the Olympic Club. And so Grace had been going with them her whole life as well. And they didn't go this year. But they one of the things they already always have at that um, event is a caricature artist. Mm-hmm. And so then my sister-in-law was like, we have to get a caricature. Like we have to go to Fisherman's Wharf to get somebody to draw us. Um, <laughs> That's an interesting ask, right? Um, but we ended up going on that um, the Ferris wheel that had been in Golden Gate Park for a while mm-hmm. by the um, Academy, and then they just moved it down to the wharf. So we went on that. Oh, and that's then, cool. Um, yeah, we also, Tom and I went to the symphony and saw the Charlie Brown Christmas show um, just uh, yesterday. No, day before yesterday, we went to the De Young. Um, and so, you know, kind of been out and doing stuff. Um, and then also like getting a lot of stuff done at home. Like I, Grace and I went through her closet, um, and got rid of a crap ton of stuff and like reorganized it because she is like, she doesn't have enough space for, to store her clothes. Um, and it's not even like you have too much clothes. It's like, no, you, you have a reasonable amount of clothes and not enough space. (laughs) So we did that. And then, you know, I purged and cleaned and reorganized a lot of stuff around the house. So, um, it was a very satisfying um, break in that way, and I do not want to go back to school tomorrow <laughs> at all. Let me go back. Aside from me acting like I was on a fainting couch most <laughs> of the break, you're I, like, I feel like I need to clarify. <laughs> I did actually. You were mentioning that I was like, oh yeah, like I did. I did go a few things. Deke's closet yeah. and got bags of clothes. Mm-hmm. I went through my closet, got bags of clothes. And yeah, I've been yeah. to Goodwill twice in the last yeah. week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was time because also it's like with the holidays, you get so much more, right? You know, clothes. Well, the there's kids, an influx. The kids ask for stuff, so I'm like, I don't think you need these five T pants anymore. I know. Oh your, you're a big boy. Yeah. <laughs> you're a big boy now in seventh, no, sixth grade. Yeah. yeah. No, Tommy is a junior in high school, and some of his basketball shorts are still Cat and Jack brand from Target. I'm like, oh. It's at 14. Yeah. Or no, actually 16. It goes up to 16, size 16. Mm, yeah. But, but like a tiny little baby 16. <laughs> yeah. Well, he likes wearing fitted stuff so he can like show off muscles and whatnot. Aww. But I'm like, uh, honey, well, no. It's time to let it no, go. it's got a giraffe on it. <laughs> You're the driving. The giraffe is cute. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I did that a little bit as well, except for when I was vegging and sitting around. I just ate all break. Oh, yeah. Ate, drank, eating. And yeah. I have like a stomachache all the time. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm eating too much. And I'm like, I should stop eating. Oh, what's that over there? Like, mm, mm, <laughs> piece of candy. Mm, yeah. mm, mm. Well, I also would stop doing um, kickboxing because of hurting my back on Thanksgiving. Yeah. And um, 
I find I had my MRI. They said it's a bulging disc, which means there's like really nothing anybody can do. I have a suggestion. What? What's that? Punch it back in. Punch it back in. <laughs> well, that's why I've been going to kickboxing. I go around and I have each have other uh, punch participant punch me in the small of my back to try and get the bulge back into my spine. Yeah. Um, but I did um, go back to class this week. I went five days in a row. So I was really happy oh, about that. Um, took it really easy at the beginning, but I've worked myself pretty much back to my normal performance except for some of the stretching that involves bending at the waist I'm still not doing that fully but now that I know that it's like it's not really it's not something that's broken or something that's totally just like you know fucked up and needs treatment it's like a discomfort yeah it's it's a condition now and it's really not something that can be fixed it's just something I need to manage and so not exercising and stretching is not the answer what no yeah so it's nice to be back into that because that'll help correct the damage done by all of the eating and drinking and not exercising from the previous six weeks. <laughs> I know. I'm like showing Katie my double chin. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, when I go back to school tomorrow and for the foreseeable till the wedding, I have to basically calm down with me just being a lazy bum and eating all day. <laughs> so um, anyway, moving on. We are talking about the movie Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. I did the synopsis this yeah. time. Even though I, so I picked it because I, or I suggested it because I hadn't seen it and I wanted to. And Meredith had seen it and had liked it. Um, and then I thought, you know, it was funny. It, I, so I made that joke about, you know, season four, Bodies Hit the Floor. I realized I didn't know where that phrase Bodies Hit the Floor came from. And then I found out it was from a song. And then I looked up the song. I assumed it was like a recent thing. And Tom was like, from like the early no, 2000s? this is like from our high school. Like, this yeah. is what are you talking about? How have you never heard this? And I like pulled it up on my phone on Apple Music while we're watching the movie and playing Let it. And I'm like, what is this? And it's a it's, creepy song. It's not good. No. And he's like, oh, what do you mean? You've never heard this? And I was like, no, I didn't know what I was talking about. I could just be misremembering. This could be in my head. But remember in Dawn of the Dead where the guy... Um, he sang the song Get Down with the Sickness. Oh, yeah. I think it was like he a, also does Bodies Hit the Floor, but oh my I could God, be wrong. I would love to hear that. If he hasn't, he he's like a buble to, wannabe. He, to, yeah. <laughs> he, he just does like ridiculous redos yeah. of like super hardcore songs, but mm-hmm. makes them like la la la. <laughs> um, and if he has not done that, if I'm just imagining that that happened mm-hmm. he should um, he should yeah <laughs> i would be so we'll write him a letter i will pay 99 cents on apple music i won't i won't <laughs> i won't i won't i'll, I'll be i'll be it. happy to know that it exists <laughs> i'll be like yay okay so i'm talking about the movie let me get started it's a short it's three pages yeah yeah well, it was a, makes like, well, it's a short movie it was only like an hour and a half Yes, it's like a wild, crazy romp. Like, yeah, you know, it, it, kind it, of it starts with a bang, yes. almost. Okay, so, <laughs> let me get started. So it opens with two ladies kissing passionately in the woods. The blonde, her name is B, is relaxing in the grass with her girlfriend, Sophie. Um, and Sophie is kind of caressing her and her, her, her cheek and saying, I love you. And I think I got the impression that she's never said it to her before. And then she said, you don't have to say it back. And then the next thing you know, the two of them are just texting in their car, I guess, <laughs> messaging. Because um, that's, you know, Gen Z. Gen Z. That's yeah. how they do it. Uh, then the two of them are on a road trip uh, to see Sophie's childhood friends. Her childhood friend David and others that are friends of Sophie's. So B is kind of, I think, a little nervous because mm-hmm. she's never met them before. 
Bee's texting her mom a lot, and she seems pretty anxious about meeting her new friends. Her mom also seems kind of clingy mm-hmm. as well. They pull up to a really big gate, or a nice a, a gate, and then a gigantic house. Huge house. Yeah. And like <laughs> out in mansion. the middle of nowhere, like on this huge piece of property, yeah. nothing around. Right. Uh, Sophie, Sophie mentions that our window is kind of funky. It won't close all the way. Uh, they wait for the gate to open. They drive up to the house and you can tell on Sophie's face or excuse me B's face she's she's like whoa like it's yeah, kind of what the massive um, B get, um, stalls and she gives an excuse like she needs to go to the car and, and get something she kind of she opens the visor looks in, her, in the mirror uh, kind of takes stock and kind of like, <sighs> like she's okay. trying to hype herself up a yeah. little bit <laughs> yeah she like adds a little lip gloss grabs a foil wrapped gift Some from the back things. seat uh, and then trust the door leaving the um the little interior light on mm-hmm. which i feel is a little um foreshadowing anyway so sophie approaches her friends and they're all in the swimming pool they're all holding their breath underwater they're all really surprised that so sophie is there they are catching up and b is uh, introduced to her friends david who are, is her childhood best friend played by Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson. Emma, Jordan, Alice, and Greg, who is played by Lee Pace. Oh, my God. (laughs) I love him so much. Yeah, a little bit of eye candy. (laughs) I'm like, Lord of the Rings. He's in everything. He's in, like, Marvel. He's He's in Twilight. He's in everything. I love him so much. Um, And then Greg seems out of place, considering he's about 20-so years their senior. He's, Mm -hmm. like, in his, his 40s, but he's still very gorgeous. Uh, because, and why is it that we're looking at this movie full of late teens and we're, <laughs> our eye is drawn to the 40s guy? Well, we're also 40. We're also 40s. <laughs> and uh, nothing can go wrong with that wonderful elf. <laughs> He's so beautiful. Anyway, so B brought zucchini bread and they all look at him. She's, she's like, here you go. And, and she hands it to David. And she's like, it's a gift. It's zucchini bread. And he's like. They're like, oh, that's Thanks. nice. Thank you. Um, Greg opens, then proceeds to open a champagne bottle with a sword to celebrate the um, up, like the hurricane that's coming. They're all kind of decided to have a hurricane party and hunker down at this mansion. Yeah, and it's um, it some seems like something that they, you know, it's like a habit, which I think is a, it's a really common thing in regions that experience hurricanes often, mm-hmm. especially if you have a big, incredible house like this where you don't actually have to worry yeah. about your safety. Yes. Um, you're like, well, we'll throw a party and do drugs. Yeah. Um, so and then so if they're all drinking some champagne, Pete or Pete, not Pete, sorry, Pete Davidson, the character, David <laughs> seemed kind of pissed that Greg took that sword he's like that's my dad's sword he's like i'm sorry i found it on the wall and he seems very kind of emasculated yeah well and and he was pissed too that alice like went and got the champagne he was yeah. like you're not supposed to touch my dad's stuff <laughs> yeah and it's really nice Sham- it's yeah champagne i always call champagne now champagne like from schitt's creek oh. it's like kind of crappy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so sophie says she's sober she doesn't partake mm-hmm. in the in the booze suddenly the pool party gets rained out the hurricane is on the way and they're spending the hurricane hunkered down in David's mansion, or David's parents' mansion. Um, Sophie asks about Max not being there. I'm like, where's Max? And Jordan says, he's not there. It's not a big deal. Um, which seems to me that it probably was a big deal. Um, then later, David mentions that B seems cute. 
Uh, he ta- he talks to Sophie kind of on the sly on the side. Later. Yeah, well, no, like the two of them like step Going. aside for, and then he's sit. It's like he he's sitting out at his dad's desk or something behind like this big desk and like this. It made me think of a kind of a Scarface. Yeah, feel there, there like was definitely the smell leather, of leather bound books. Yeah, and mahogany. <laughs> uh, David's like B seems cute in a school shooter kind of way. Oh, <laughs> out of earshot of B, he's like, you know, I bought you some zucchini bread. Like he, he kind of really. Kind of mocks, mocks her a little her, bit. Yeah. Then um, B is on her own, has a small chat with Jordan. She tells B to be careful and that Sophie's parents have a much bigger house than David's. At that point, David and Sophie are just chatting about Greg being there. David thinks he's not a big deal and he isn't that hot. <laughs> <laughs> David tells Sophie that Max punched him because he has a big black eye. And then Sophie asks David if he has, she, he, he has had a chance to talk to her parents. Then he brushes off the question asking, you know, what are you doing here? Because, um, you know, she and then she claims she misses Dave. And he's like, well, don't lie. No one. No one misses no me. No one misses me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then all of her friends, they also kind of mention off the cuff, kind of on the side, like, we haven't seen you in forever. Where well, yeah, And they been? keep saying that like, she was like, I said I was coming. And they're like, what, in the group chat? And she's like, yeah. And they're like, no, you didn't. Like, you they didn't keep say com- it all. Yeah, they keep coming back to that, like, the lack of communication or like her, yeah, just kind of falling off. Yeah. And he's like, a lot of them are saying like, you know, we haven't seen you in forever. And you were so out of control the last time we saw you. Yeah. Um, so they all have a probably a really big history where they mm-hmm. all, all known each other probably since childhood or at least, you know, since high school. Yeah. And she's well, you know that, to be that an addict. Rich sometime. upper, upper, upper crust, uh, those people, they're very insulated uh, social groups. Yes. Um, and then now B's there trying to like figure it out. With so, her zucchini bread. Yeah. <laughs> so B goes to ask other people at the party for the Wi-Fi password and they then they give her the third degree a little bit, asking how long she's been together with Sophie six weeks and then as b is chowing down on some chocolate cake uh, they're like oh by the way that has weight in it she's just like shoveling cake in her mouth and she's like oh, okay it's like hereditary only less tragic <laughs> yes um oh god yeah um so then the next thing they're all partying uh, emma is not thrilled with david biting her as they're making out because he's like all coked out right <laughs> um b and jordan are dancing they're having a great time sophie doesn't seem super happy about that at this point um with the thunder, the storm is just thundering, and they're just going to play finally bodies, bodies, bodies. Because she's like seeing B just dancing with everybody, and she's like, mm, okay, let's that let's play bodies, bodies, bodies. Yeah, and they, all of them know the rules, but so they have to explain it to to B. But they, the couple of them were like, no, every time we do that, somebody cries. Like Emma cries. She's like I don't always cry. She's like, no, I don't. <laughs> I'm crying. Like you're doing it right now. Go yeah. Ahead. <laughs> So then everyone gets a paper, and the person who gets the paper with an X is the killer. And they have to, um, you know, turn off the lights, and if somebody, like, goes over, like, encounters a body, um, someone has to yell out, bodies, bodies, bodies. So Alice and David, they go, they're like, I have to go in the other room for a second. And they um, use a bunch of Coke. Mm-hmm. And Alice, I love this part he alice hands david her lollipop she's like hold this for a second and he just like crunches eats it. it eats the whole thing in one bite she's like david <laughs> hello david <laughs> i thought it was funny so they use coke then they return and they all have to slap each other and take a shot before the game starts mm-hmm. david um you know b is kind of not really wanting to 
slap David. She kind of like yeah. slaps him a little like bit. Because they're like really hitting each other yes. hard. And she's like, the new person doesn't and know. she's like, like, I don't really want to hit you. Yeah. And then he's like, yeah, oh, you just got to do it like this. And just like really sucker punches Greg. Yeah. Um, Which evidently then... he, Pete Davidson really did punch Lee Pace. Oh, shit. Yeah. Sorry. Like like Lee Pace gave him permission ahead of time. But yeah. that was like, that wasn't a shadow punch or for the film or whatever. Like he actually hit him. That's kind of fun to know that. I didn't know that. So Greg seems pissed, but in the end he seems okay. And then yeah. he plays the game. Um, so then the lights are turned off and they begin the game. Uh, and like I mentioned, the killer will lightly touch the victim on the back and that will be their indication, like, you're dead now. And they have to figure out who the killer is. Um, so each of them sneak off. And um, there's, like, a little part of the movie where they're all in the dark, shuffling around, bees kind of crawling on the ground. And people are, like, running out of the light really suddenly. And it seems a little creepy. Cause, and then you're, like, you know, she's kind of thrown into this. She doesn't seem really familiar with this house. To, yeah. Like, if I were in her shoes, I'd be kind of anxious. <laughs> yeah. Well, and there was, like, there's a couple light sources they're using, because B's using her phone. Jordan has, like, that headlamp on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Alice has a whole bunch of, like, glow stick, like, necklaces and stuff on. A glow stick necklaces, yeah. yeah. So they use a lot of phone, phone light in yeah. this movie, throughout the movie. Um, so finally someone yells, bodies, 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 and Greg is dead on the floor. So everyone's trying to figure out who killed him. He's able to psych them out by pretending he's dead for a few moments. And Greg thinks that's thinks that's really funny. Yeah. Until David like kind of clunks him in the balls and he's with, like, with, ah! with his beer bottle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that was meant for like the viewer too to be like, oh shit, like because you know some something's gonna start happening something's at some happen. point. Like, oh, he's really actually dead, and and they like roll him over and he's not responding, and you're like, okay, so this is where it starts. Yeah. And, but then it turns out he was just faking them, just messing with them. So as the friends are, they're trying to figure out who they killed. Starts, uh, David starts fucking more with Greg um, by being like, because Greg starts trying to like help with uh, the problem solving of who the killer yeah, is. And they're like, actually, out. actually, Greg, you're not supposed to talk. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. And then Greg says something like, ah, oh, shoot, the best defense the best. is a good offense. And yep. David's like, I don't understand. Could you what does that even it? mean? He explains to me. He's like, well, see, no, the be-, you know, and he starts like, Messing with him mm-hmm. and trying to make him look like a jackass. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I get it. You, you're you fucking with me. <laughs> so finally, um, you know, Greg lets it go again. And he's like, you know what? It's time for me to put myself to bed. I'm going to I'm going to go. Yeah. Um, so then he he exits the living room. Um, everyone's like, no, you don't have to go. And he's like, no, no, no. You guys, you young kids have your fun. Yeah. And so then at that point, David starts attacking Emma um, after Alice let it slip out that David and Eva, Emma never have sex. David is a jerk even more about talking about the term gaslighting being played out in old all the the lady friends they ca- they kind of band together and tell David that he is the killer and he's out of the game. He has a tantrum and he smashes his glass and he storms off. So then the rest of the girls um, they're about to play the game again and then all of the lights go out. For real. <laughs> For real. They light up a lot of the scene with their phones and other things to kind of be like, David, you know, where's the breaker or, yeah. you know, where's Jordan's the Jordan's going to go downstairs and look for it. and <laughs> Yeah. And they keep asking Sophie. Uh, she's like, I don't know. But I think they keep asking her because she's like David's childhood friend. Right. Like it would be. She would be the most likely to know. To know where things are. So they call for David, but he doesn't respond. All of them go do different things in the house to find a breaker, flashlights, etc. Bee's using her flashlight on her phone and then looks in horror as David slams into the window as the rain is pa- like p- 
pounding down and he has a bloody neck and he's kind of grabbing at his neck and like gurgling. Mm -hmm. Um, They run out to help him. They cannot help him. He's bleeding on the ground. Um, They're surrounding him. Everyone's screaming. There's hurricane happening. Mm -hmm. It's like a quiet, like an insane scene with like just anarchy kind of. And doesn't like when the power goes out is also when they realize they don't have phone service. Yeah. Yeah. They don't have phone phone service. They can't call for help. Yeah. Um, so suddenly they're um, they're riding through a hurricane. They're trying to get to Sophie's car to you know go get help, and the car won't start because B left the interior light on. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sophie's like, "Where are your other cars?" And they're like, "Well, Max is the one who drove us all, and then he bailed and left. So none of nobody has a car." I got so stuck on that. Like it was probably really irritating to Tom because I'm like, the fucking size of this house probably has an eight car garage. You're telling me there's not a single gas-powered vehicle in anywhere in this huge-ass mansion. Like, nope, Pete Davidson, he doesn't have a car. His parents, they don't have a collection of cars. They're, like, millionaires, billionaires. They don't have any cars on the on the property. Yeah, I don't know. It seems kind of strange to me, but... Anyway, David's it, dead. It's a necessary plot point. I, I get, I get David's it. David's dead. <laughs> so I can't ask him. Um, so then they're like, oh, we have to get out of here. The car won't start. So then they're like, okay. Then they all return back to the house, um, even when they suspect a killer is inside the house. Jordan finds the sword that was used earlier to to open champagne and it's all covered in blood. They all debate who the killer could be. Finally, it's revealed why Max, their, I'm guessing their very good friend, yeah. someone who's part of their friend group, left. Um, they all did shrooms, I think it was the day before. They all did shrooms and Max professed his love for Emma and then he left. At this point, they ask Alice, how long has she known Greg, who's supposedly sleeping? Jordan asks Alice how long she's known known him. And it's really funny. She doesn't know his middle name. She's like, um, like a while. <laughs> and she, I don't remember what the what the Zodiac is, but she keeps saying, like, he's a Libra. He's a Libra. Whatever she's like, it was. he's fundamentally a good person. He's a Libra moon. <laughs> yes. And she says that like three times. I was like, like laughing so hard. <laughs> Then they are all arguing and Emma disappears. In Alice's room, they go to, you know, investigate, try to find Emma, see what's going on. They find Greg's go bag with a map of the the area with a house circled in red. They're like, why would he circle the house? What's going on? Um, and then there's like a, sm- like not a small, but like a, a survival knife. A knife. Yeah. They think it's strange. And then also Greg isn't in the bed. He's so yeah. he's going to sleep and he's not there. Then they find um Emma later in another bed, in another room, and she's kind of disassociating because of what has happened and what's mm-hmm. happening. She has her phone with her, um, you know, and she's like, what's going on? And they're like, you have to come with us. Greg is... Was uh, Alice starts passing out the Xanax. Yeah, she's like, some Xanax? She's like, yes, I do. And they're like all crunching it. <laughs> so then the girls are all freaked out. They have their, you know, mechanisms of survival. Mm-hmm. Um, and they find Greg. Who's wearing a light therapy mask because he gets seasonal depression. He's laying on the indoor basketball court of this mansion that doesn't have any other cars on the property. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And he's in the gym and he takes out his earbuds and his mask, takes the mask off. Alice asks Greg, they're they're like, why didn't you come when when we called you? And he's like, well, I didn't hear you. I had my earbuds in. Yeah. And... um, they, he doesn't believe in them when they tell him they're like, David's dead. And, like, and he's like, oh, you're still playing that game? Oh, ha, ha, I get it. Mm-hmm. It's funny. And they're like, no, really? And they're like, he's like, 
doesn't believe them. Yeah. Um, well, and Jordan has his go bag. Like after mm-hmm. they find it, she like closes it up and puts it on. Like mm-hmm. it's like a backpack. And so she's still wearing it. He's like, why do you, why have, do you have my that? go bag? <laughs> yeah. Why do you have my go bag? They're surrounding Greg. They have weapons. Um, they're kind of like threatening him and being like, what's wrong with you? Who are you really? And he's like, what are you talking about? He thinks that they're messing with him. Mm-hmm. Um, so they kind of surround him they're threatening him he retrieves a weapon and asks them to put their weapons on the floor because he's like realizing the situation's out of hand so he's like you guys need to not quit calm down down. (laughs) um (laughs) you you teenagers need to just (laughs) so then there's a struggle then greg gets the knife and he seems to have the upper hand he's a big huge guy he's able to like they kind of come run at him and he's able to like flick him off. Yeah, of him like really Emma easily. like runs and jumps on his shoulders from behind. I'm mm-hmm. like, dude, he's like eight inches taller than you, probably has a hundred pounds on you. What did you think you were gonna do there? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. So, um <laughs> he there's a struggle, Greg gets the knife, and then B hits him with a kettlebell in the head a few times and kills him. Yes, that'll on, do it. On, on the gym floor. B is in a daze. Jordan is rationalizing that he's the killer and he has to be Greg because he's a vet. But then Alice is like, no, he's a vet- veterinarian's assistant. And they're like, but why did you call him G.I. Joe? And he's like, they're, she's like, Alice is like, have you seen, have you seen what seen he him? looks like? That was the funniest moment, though. She was like, because Jordan's like, he's the only one that served in the military. And Alice's like, what are you talking what about? Are you talking and she's about? like, he's a vet. And she was like, he's a veterinarian's assistant. And they were like, Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. So that's not great. And then, um, but then Jordan doubles down. And she's like, "Yeah, Bolt, but he was the biggest unknown mm-hmm. of of who's here with us." Yeah, because ultimately, um, went back in the kitchen, Alice admitted she'd known him for like two weeks. Yeah, only two weeks. So then, um, B is kind of in a day. She leaves to go change her shirt. Cause she had. She threw up on her own shirt. She's like, Bleh. She's like, oh, wait, I just killed a guy. Bleh. And then other the other friends, you know, have it out. Finally, they have all these old grievances. They need mm-hmm. to, like, just let it all out. Um, so she's so B's not there. Sophie's upset that her best friend is dead. Emma says that she's sad, too. She's like, oh, I'm sad, too. And Sophie's like. You didn't um, even like him. You, you know, you just like having a boyfriend. You didn't even like David. And then she tells Emma that she wished it was Emma who had had her head chopped off, chopped off instead. <laughs> and at this point, it's obvious that B has been gone for a little while. Sophie has found some drugs. She apologizes to Emma. So then Emma kisses Sophie and Sophie rejects her. And she's like, not everyone is in love with you. <laughs> and she's like, I'm sorry. I thought that's what you wanted. Crying again. <laughs> and then. She gives, she decides to take some drugs, and then Sophie, um, does that Sophie offers her some drugs as well. So everyone's just doing drugs now. Yep. They've, they've given up. Um, even though, like, Sophie's (laughs) supposed to be sober. Yeah. And when she got there, she said, like, she's not drinking. She's not drinking. She's not doing drugs. Everyone's losing their minds, basically, now. In the dark. Um, Alice is looking around for, for B and hears a scream and a thud. She finds Emma on the ground and she's very dead. Super dead. And she screams for help. Alice tells them it, that it was Emma that was pushed and it wasn't Greg. Alice is really upset that they killed her boyfriend. <laughs> Jordan and Alice gang up against B and Sophie doesn't say anything. They start accusing B of killing David. So then they kick her out into the hurricane. They're like, get out, get out. We don't trust you. And Sophie kind of just is like, silent doesn't yeah. take up for her at all 
He screams for Sophie to help her. She doesn't, so she has to run through a hurricane. She gets to the car. She sits inside. She goes through a bag. She gets a hoodie, finds some underwear she does not recognize. Gives it a little sniff. She's like, huh. And then she returns to the house. But the underwear, did you notice what it matched? No. Because there was an earlier part um, when they were in one of the bedrooms where uh, B picked up a bra off of a chair. Uh-huh. Um, and Jordan was like, why are you touching why, my underwear? Why, yeah, why are you looking at my underwear? And it was like this very like obvious bright yellow like frilly oh, the bra. Neon? Yeah. yeah. And so the panties that she finds in the in the car are like the matching set to that. Oh, bra. okay. Well, not all of us shop on, on Amazon Central <laughs> for their underpants. <laughs> like me. <laughs> okay. So yeah, I did not notice that. So she returns to the house. She gets in through the dog door, uh, and then but before she goes inside, she notices through the window that Jordan has a gun. Uh, in her pocket or she has one does she has because mm-hmm. they all kind of were like does does David's dad have a gun and they're like no so of he's not. like no he's a dick but his politics check out you're like that's <laughs> not how that works anyway <laughs> so then B goes to accuse Jordan of killing David she she, she says like empty your pockets and then it it's kind of made known that she was the killer in the game Jordan accuses her of lying and B finally tells Sophie that she went to one semester of school um, because she was sick with borderline. Her mom was. Her, yeah, her her mom was, and she had to drop out. Yeah, because, like, she had said, Sophie thought that B was a graduate of, like, Utah State or whatever. And then, because earlier when she was trying to get the Wi-Fi password, Jordan was like, oh, what's your email? Oh, what's your, like, you know, just kind of asking these innocuous questions, mm-hmm. but, to, like, to get more information so that mm-hmm. she could, like, check up on her. And yeah. so at this point, she was like, nobody with your name ever graduated from that school. And so she had to confess that she went there for she a semester. But she had to drop out because her mom has borderline. Yeah, and she didn't go to work. She's, like, she worked at yeah, the game she lost hut, her job. Which is, like, I guess the equivalent to, like a GameStop, GameStop situation and she and then Sophie's like well what did you do when I drop you off the mall and she's like I just hung out at the food court she's just really embarrassed yeah I well because yeah she's obviously like no I'm not gonna say lower class but she's not in the same you not know league world of, as this yeah. this girl that she's dating and so yeah she's like lying about her education she's lying about her work yeah because she you know wants to impress her which is a great way to start a relationship. Absolutely. A solid foundation to build on. (laughs) Yes. But Jordan is like, you lied, you're a liar. We can't trust you. You, Yeah. You know, and, you know, you're full of crap. Mm -hmm. And, you you know, you were probably the killer. And, you know, you can't be trusted. So, um, finally, she pulls out the gun. um, When it seems to kind of play out that after all of these these revelations and be kind of apologizing to Sophie for lying Mm -hmm. that Sophie is accepting B's explanation of things and she's like you know what this is bullshit and she takes out her gun (laughs) and then Jordan and Alice tell Sophie that they know that the only reason she was there is to was to have David to talk to um, Sophie's parents about unlocking her trust for her right and so and then they're all upset about her being an addict and she then she fell off the face of the earth. Jordan then tells B she's that they had she had sex with Sophie in the car on the way to David's house, um, you know. And then more skeletons are coming out, and uh, Jordan is forced to admit to Alice that she hates her podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that was when Alice is like, "It's a lot of work. You have to invite guests. You have to make a schedule." I was like, "Whoa, she's right." <laughs> She's like hanging out with your funniest friend or whatever. Right? Yeah, your smart, smartest, funniest friend or something. Yeah, it was the name of her. This is like the dumbest podcast name ever. 
I know. She's like, I'm just have my podcast. When they ask her how it's going, like anytime they ask her about her life, she's like talking about her, her podcast. I, I certainly don't do Who that. Who would do I that? I can't even imagine. Only, only bozos. Anyway. Total losers. <laughs> so then, um, and Alice gives it to her, to Jordan. And she's like, you know what? Nobody even likes you. <laughs> um, you know, and she's kind of tells Jordan only their shared history is what keeps their friendship going basically and she's like I don't even like being around you nobody likes you Mm -hmm. and at this point Jordan shoots Alice in the leg (laughs) Um, and she's like you shot me in the leg oh my gosh I'm feeling you know like uh, you're invading my personal space and all this stuff when they're all kind of grappling for the gun they struggle to get the gun from Jordan, and then Alice gets shot again in the process of the tussle, and then she is dead. Yeah, she's shot, like, the underside of her chin, like, straight yes. out the top of her head. It's pretty aggressive. It's crazy. Jordan says it wasn't her, and then she grabs the gun, and Sophie pursues her and then tries to talk her down and get the gun. So they're running away from her as Jordan is finally, like, sh- you know, wildly shooting. Right, trying to um, shoot B, right? Yeah, shoot B. And finally, um, she's, you know, B and Sophie are scrambling and then Jordan starts strangling B and they're at the top of the steps and B flips her off of herself onto the floor below and the glass table. And she is like looking up. She's like in the death throes and she's like, check her text. (laughs) And dies. Um, Such a Gen Z final words. So I was laughing. I mean, I laughed a lot through this movie. It was wild to me. I it was, was like, pretty this ridiculous. This movie is ridiculous. It's yeah. so fun, funny and and crazy. And there's people being killed and it's nuts. So check her text. So <laughs> Sophie and B, they run away. B asks Sophie if she killed Emma. Uh, she denies it. And then B asks her, hey, did you sleep with Jordan? And she says, I didn't do that either. I did not do that. And then she's about to reach out and caress B, but she flinches. And she's, she tells Sophie, she's like, I'm frightened of you. And then she runs away and hides. <laughs> um, Sophie looks for B. She's perse- professing her love for her again, telling a hiding B uh, that they need to stay together because whoever's killing people, you know, might get them. Yeah. Um, B stays away from Sophie and eventually the sun comes out and is rising um, on the carnage of the evening. That also the rain has stopped. I think the storm has passed. Yeah. Also, everyone is dead except B and Sophie. B returns to the outside pool, and everything's sunny and quiet. And <clears throat> excuse me, that's where the the beginning of the movie. It's kind of full circle. Hold on. Yeah. Gonna, well, and like it's it seems like it becomes day really quickly. Um, at least it seemed to me. I'm like, oh, okay, it's full daylight outside now. Um, but and so they're walking the, like bees walking through the house and you're seeing just like the bodies bodies but like you know all of the <laughs> the damage the destruction the bodies laying everywhere and then um, uh, you go outside and it's like there's the hurricane destruction so there's like furniture <clears throat> flying around there's like broken you know foliage and everything there's like mud and stuff all over the pool deck so it's like destruction inside and outside but like the inside little walk that she does kind of reminds me of the part in Clue where after the um, there's the blackout and then they turn the lights back on and they walk around and they find they're like three more bodies and that's when <laughs> Cousin Wadsworth is like I know who did it <laughs> because it's just walking around she like 
like looks at you know Greg laying on the basketball court and looks at Alice laying on the living room floor and then looks at Jordan laying on the broken glass table and it's just like yep that's just like Clue yeah it's uh it's pretty nuts so I, yeah so she goes back to outside at the pool where this all started the pool is like brown and muddy and there's destruction like you said goop all over the ground <laughs> like mud and, and foliage and everything like legit Gwyneth Paltrow goop though yeah ew and <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's outside kind of like oh my gosh and then Sophie suddenly embraces B from behind she's like and startles her she tells B um that she she told Emma um you know all this crazy stuff and she had given her the drugs and that they, she tripped and fell and that's why she died but she was too afraid to tell anybody at the mm-hmm. time um, and as it turns out that um, B actually has the gun and she asks Sophie give me your phone Yeah. and Sophie holds it out and then she throws it into the yard slash hurricane muck and then the two of them scramble to get the phone they end up in the dirty pool fighting uh, and emerged finally finding actually another phone mm-hmm. which is David's phone B goes to David's body and uses his face to unlock it yeah, she like pulls his eyelids <laughs> <Yeah>. up <laughs> and it reveals the TikTok David was making where he was attempting to chop open a champagne bottle much like Greg did mm-hmm. in the beginning of the movie and he sliced up and sliced the neck with the sword himself and um, oopsie killing, killed myself killing making a TikTok <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, so that, if that's not the state of things right now. Right. <laughs> I don't know what it is. The two of them are shocked. Ma- Max finally returns asking, what happened? <laughs> and B just looks at him with a stunned look. The, the fountains in the pool come back on. Mm-hmm. And um, their phone starts picking and receiving texts and pings and whatever. And she replies, I have reception. <laughs> and that's the end of the movie. That's the end of the movie. So did you think this was scary? No. <laughs> I don't think it was meant to be scary. No, I don't um, think so. I mean, it's still. I mean, it falls into the horror genre to an extent, um, just because it's it's a type of a slasher. Um, but it is also like a suspense or a murder mystery, um, thriller type thing. So it's like borderline horror. I think. Um, I didn't. While I was watching it, I c- wouldn't say I was really enjoying it. I think. Um, I don't know if I was expecting something different or, um, you know, why I, it wasn't really resonating with me. And, um, the, you know, it's very, um, age and generational specific. And so, um, you know, Tom and I were kind of talking about like how that was the, maybe like the disconnect, but the thing that occurred to me was that, you know, that's been the backbone of horror, particularly slasher horror, you know, since the beginning was teenagers, Right. And it's never prevented, um, you know, our ability to enjoy um, or relate to the story just because we're adults and the characters are teenagers. Um, And I was thinking, like, maybe that's, you know, we can relate to a teen experience because we were all teenagers once. And that's like, you know, kind of speaking to the fact that young people's lives now are so insanely different than what anybody over 30 experienced when they were that age Mm -hmm. that it there's there's almost a little barrier there like we can't relate because what they're doing and saying and living in their late teens early 20s is is like night and day from what we were experiencing at that same age 
Yeah. And so I felt like, you know, definitely the a disconnect um, bit from the characters and the experiences. But I also understand that, like, that was kind of the point of the story. Like it was, yes. it was, it was a, a send up. It was a, like you told me beforehand, like a satire or an evisceration maybe of mm-hmm. a lot of the characteristics and behaviors, um, and practices, um, of that generation. And then also secondarily of that, um, financial, uh, bracket of people. Mm-hmm. Um, because obviously the, a lot of the behaviors and things that these kids were doing, would not have been the same had they been, you know, average financial, uh, you know, zone. Yeah. Whatever you would call that. Um, And so there was there was a lot going on, a lot going on (laughs) (laughs) when you actually like um, broke it down a little bit. But I did love the the presence and the existence of all of that cliche Gen Z um, stuff that like you trigger me and my podcast and <laughs> stop gaslighting me. Oh, I hate it when everybody calls everything gaslighting. Yeah, basically, he said he he made it all these arguments and I'm like, yeah, that's kind of what happens yeah. where they people use the term so much they kind of make the term dead. Yeah, it and, loses its meaning. Right, yeah. yeah. And then what do we do? But as a society, we mm-hmm. kind of all do that. Absolutely. Well, and that's something that I've observed, um, you know, with kids now, because obviously the concept of a bully has always been, you know, has been a part of our society for generations. But it's just like in this past, like maybe 10 years that we've started to kind of be proactive in, in educating kids about what bullying looks like. Um, how to stand up for yourself, how to stand up for others um, and to try and, you know, because we started to see the long term impact of being picked on as a kid and how it was affecting um, older kids, teenagers and into your adulthood. Like the, you know, it kind of went along with the mental health awareness um, increase. Right. Yeah. Um, but then what I've observed is that, you know, actually um educating kids about bullying like kids do what kids do and they kind of turn it into a joke and Mm -hmm. so like you know if the two friends are messing around and one of them like takes another one's like uh potato chips and they're like stop bullying me you know as a joke Mm -hmm. even though they obviously know that that's not what bullying is but then because they are using that term in that way it loses its actual meaning um and so it didn't it didn't really seem like it helped it's not like bullying stopped because we started educating these kids it's just kind of it just kind of became a joke i think also parents not to go on this tangent but parents are kind of like they'll say oh you were bullied, yeah, and they take it super seriously. My child's seriously. being bullied, and the kids it's are like, like, "No, yeah, but they not just really. like took his pencil, like you know, <laughs> that's not it's a, no, that's not what that's not what bullying really is." Yeah, you know, like let's let's back to the future, Biff Tannen. That's bullying. That's, bullying. <laughs> that's what we all should recognize. <laughs> um, but it is. It's when you when the we have these like social terms, these behavioral terms um, that get overused, then they really do lose their impact and lose their meaning. And people get like, you know, it turns into like an eye roll scenario. Like he's gaslighting you. You're like, oh, my God, here we go. And like and triggering as well, because like when they were talk when they were getting on Sophie's case about like 
you know, why why don't you do this? Or you dropped out and we never see you anymore. And she's like, you guys trigger me. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> yes. that's something that, you know, we've we've educated young people about. And then they kind of use it. Not it's not that they don't know what it means, but it doesn't actually carry any weight to them. Like they understand psychologically, like it, from a mental health perspective, um, how severe or serious a trigger can be. And so you if you you, you start using the term casually and then you're mm-hmm. like, yeah, now it has no meaning. Yeah, loosely throwing around. Uh, yeah, because it's like for me, like people spitting gum on the sidewalk really triggers me. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, and then saying things like narcissist. Mm-hmm. I, I was laughing so hard when she was like, "My talking." Well, when B is talking about her mom having borderline, which is mm-hmm. very serious, right? And then Alice is like. People are, there's dead bodies all around. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I'm so sorry. You know, mental health is so important. (laughs) It just like take you out of the, you're like, wait, what? (laughs) And it's just, um, it was a really funny moment, I think. And And I mean, like that I think was the point, you know, was to juxtapose like actual horrors against all of this really trite uh, behavior that is, you know, maybe unfairly associated with this generation. Um, Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's unfair or not, um, <laughs> but it's definitely associated with them. Yeah. Um, and and maybe that's a way, you know, I think a lot of times when you have like the generation gap, one of the ways for older generations to be dismissive of the younger's experience or problems um, is to just kind of make that eye roll like, oh, my God, you know, you're so fragile. Like everything is is so, you know, has to be this big deal. Like, why don't you go start a podcast about it? You know, <laughs> and, and it is- with your funniest friend, <laughs> your smartest and funniest friend. Yeah. And so it is. It's very um, kind of like dismissive. Um and condescending um, to yeah. have that attitude. And so I think I do think it was interesting that they included one much older character, mm-hmm. um, but they didn't really lean into that um, <clears throat> using, they didn't really use Greg in that way. Like no. there was a couple of occasions where, like you said, like he was like, oh, seriously, let me explain what the best defense is a good offense means. And he's like, oh, wait, you're fucking with me. But he doesn't get pissed off or reactive or whatever. And I kind of think that that's a tribute to like, he knows like he's, these are just a bunch of dumb kids. Yeah. So he's not going to like get pissed and worked up about it. He's like, you know what? I'm going to go to bed. You guys, you guys have your party. He seems to me like a fun loving hippie kind of guy who's just like down to party with some 20 year olds and be like, whatever. Yeah, this is good. And I'm not into this anymore. So I'm going to go put on my light therapy mask. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So there are those people in our generation as well. Yeah. Um, But yeah, like, like I said, I wouldn't say that while I was watching it, I was really enjoying it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do recognize that there was a lot going on that, um, you know, could be really interesting uh, to kind of um, tear apart a little bit. Yes. I think that um, one of the things while we were watching it, um, you know, when she's um, when they're running to the car and Tom's like, oh, it's going to be dead because she left the mirror open. Mm -hmm. And I was um, he was like, they made a point of showing that she didn't close the mirror. And I was like, no, that's too obvious. Like, that's too like that would be terrible if that's what they did. And that's what they did. And then he like gave me this look like like this big time horror movie know it all. And I was like. No, dude, don't don't be proud that you predicted that. I was I wasn't saying that was a predictable is not a Meredith moment. <laughs> I was saying that this was too predictable that they wouldn't have done it. I gave them too much credit. No, no, yeah, a lot of it's supposed to be kind of yeah, too. It's just terrible. Yes, and yeah. I and admittedly, I could not get past the car thing. Oh. I really couldn't. 
Well, <laughs> just bless and your I'm heart. still clearly I'm, you're, I'm triggered you're, by it. You're triggered by their lack of cars. <laughs> by their lack of cars. They have an indoor <laughs> basketball court, but they don't have an eight car garage with like three sports cars and two fancy motorcycles and then one classic one that only comes out for the Fourth of July parade. Like I'm yes. telling you, I know exactly what kind of cars that house would have. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. But did you think it was scary? Oh no, no. I thought I, I, I went into it. I think I can't remember what I was like sick with a cold and I was like this keeps coming up as my suggested to watch it and I came in with like the lowest expectations mm-hmm. ever because I was like read the description You're like, like it that sounds really Davidson in it what? <laughs> so I watched it and I was like this is actually really funny and crazy mm-hmm. and people are dying and it's like a whodunit but it's like a massively ridiculous ending and yeah. um I just thought it was really fun. I didn't get into it. I didn't. I don't go into it, kind of, being like this is like very meaningful. But sometimes, in some ways, it is kind of funny because it's like satirical. They're talking about Gen Z. They're talking about, um, you know, the how would they act in this kind of situation? Mm-hmm. Um, how, you know, how what kind of petty grievances are they? keeping inside yeah, extremely petty right. grievances and then you didn't answer my text <laughs> yes and you then hate listen to my you podcast hate to listen to my podcast. but also it's like a lot of them are trying to act how you're supposed to act um pc and that's you know mental health is so important yeah, hyper but then aware. also hyper aware but also they're dealing with something insane yeah and you know and then they have extreme crazy reactions too mm-hmm. um I just thought it was really funny, and yeah. it does. It seemed very light years away from like um, a very aware kind of horror slasher, where someone's like really smart and putting on their shoes and being like, "We got to get the fuck out of here." Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, no, they're so, all idiots. Yeah, they're all dummies, and yeah. I thought that was really funny. Yeah. And I also thought it was crazy, but also really speaks to how younger people communicate mm-hmm. uh, which is they're like you didn't a- answer the group chat you didn't reply and she's like yes i did and i'm thinking how come nobody called her like nobody's gonna call her yeah on the phone and be like are you are you are you okay they're like c- c- <clears throat> call no what's a what's no, no. a call they're only gonna i mean and victor will admittedly be like you never call anybody which yeah. is true i don't call anyone and if i do you're like who died yeah. Yes. <laughs> Seriously, a phone call is like, oh, oh fuck, what's going on? Who's who's dead? So I kind of fall into that category myself, but I don't know. I thought that was funny. They're they're like we're acting so concerned about her, mm-hmm. and then they're like, you didn't reply to our group chat. Yeah. Well, that's all. It's very <laughs> passive aggressive, yes. which is you know like again a behavior that's. Um, I mean, that's I think that's associated with young people in general, not necessarily this generation more so. I don't know. Um, but there were like when I was uh, I was trying to come with a few more um, fun facts uh, like you usually do when I do the recap. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I love doing that. And so <clears throat> I did read some information um, that uh, actually originally there was supposed to be a killer. Um, oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the the director. um you know, didn't, and I don't know if it was like the writer or the director, there's a bunch of names being thrown around in what I was reading, um, but just making the decision to not actually have a killer because then you get to the end of the movie and you realize all of these people are dead just because of their their reactionary behaviors. 
Yeah. You and know? they're their own worst enemy in a yeah. lot of ways. Um, that they're the way that they respond, like somebody accidentally got hurt and died and and their suspicions um, and their reactions are responsible for every other death that occurred. Like yes. there was no killer, um, which I think was was a very um, cool way to do that, because, you know, the um, the ending you know, it wasn't like a, oh my God, you know, like a mind blowing ending. Cause you were at that point, you were kind of like, oh my God, like he fucking killed himself. Like that's so because ridiculous. He felt so threatened by Greg. Yep. He was like, he's not that hot. And then he, <laughs> I'm going to go then, out in the storm. And everyone and thought it was so cool that he opened that champagne bottle yeah. with a sword. Which and was another. Um, he's like, it's not that big of a deal. Look, I can do it. I can do <laughs> it. And then he killed himself, tried to prove how cool he can be. But he's not at all. You're not Lee Pace. No. Okay. Which incidentally, <laughs> Lee Pace practiced. Like he actually did do that, like open the bottle with the sword. And he practiced that at home with a sword that he had from the Hobbit movie. Oh my God. He's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I love him so much. Yeah. Um, and there was a couple of other like, um, you know, kind of random little things like one the moment at the beginning when Sophie and B first, first arrive at the house and everybody's underwater and they're they're being filmed um, underwater. Like, everybody who's underwater in that moment ends up dying. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, um, so when they're first teaching B about the, um, how to play the game, and Alice demonstrates, um, you know, if you get tapped, you have to pretend to be dead like this. Mm -hmm. The pose that she does when she's demonstrating is the pose she dies in. Oh, gosh. Um, And then, what were some of the other ones? Oh, that they, I thought it was an interesting choice that they covered up all of Pete Davidson's tattoos with makeup. Oh, you know, cause his didn't enti- know. you didn't, you don't realize I it mean, really. I mean, I noticed his ones on his legs. He had Yeah, but his like legs. his whole, you know, his whole torso is tattooed. That's something that's really well known about him. Oh. Um, and I guess that they didn't want that for <laughs> the movie. I'm completely ignorant, I guess. <laughs> you mean you don't stay up to date on Pete Davidson's tattoos? I guess I messed up. Oh my God, how could you? <laughs> um, <clears throat> excuse me. Another one, um, like you had kind of mentioned the, uh, you know, that they're lighting the scenes with um, with their phones and everything. So that's actually from a um, a cinematography standpoint, literally what they were doing, because um, like the, the entire house was blacked out. And um, the only light that the film had to work with was the cell phones and glow sticks and headlamps that the actors were wearing. Mm-hmm. And so the cinematographer like had to... Um, direct the actors in where to stand, when to turn, where to be facing, um, or what to be doing with their lighting implement in order to light the scene. And if the actor messed that up, then the scene would be unusable because there wasn't any light to actually capture what they were trying to film. Mm -hmm. Um, which was an interesting choice. Um, you know, Tom remarked that it was like, that's kind of stupid. You know, yeah. I'm like, I could see from an, an artistic standpoint of like, it's going to be, it's going to be real. It's going to be truly the light that they have is what we're going to use. And I was like, okay, <laughs> you also just make the process more difficult than it needs to be. Um, yeah. You, you know, like what movie do you think you're making here? Um <laughs> And then another one was like um, how the source of light that they all used was supposed to be symbolic of their character. Like Jordan had that like really bright headlamp, you know, so she and she was the one that was like pretty aggressive and focused. And she's on, also wearing a free. It's like a really nice headlamp. Yeah. The yeah, black like diamond. She's, she's an actual nice spelunker. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but, you know, and she's the one that's like making the accusations, like being really direct, being, you know, really kind of assertive and confrontational. And then all but all of her com- all of her comments from beginning to end were just snide comments. Yeah, she's she's, she's being bitchy. like a, bi- a biatch the whole time. Yeah. Um, and then they said, like, uh, Alice had all of the glow sticks and they're like, it was about her being the center of attention and like, you know, wanting to be like kind of special. And so she had the colorful glow sticks mm-hmm. um, and that B, you know, was using her phone and that like they, they are the thing that I read said that it was like showed her um, consideration for other people, like the calls that she keeps taking from her mom. Um, that she, you know, was always connected and like trying to like care. I'm like, okay, her using her cell phone light doesn't really, it's not that symbolic. Um, but then the fact like Emma doesn't have anything Mm -hmm. like Emma never has a a light source, um, on her or with her. And that was supposed to like represent, like she wants to like not be noticed or not Mm -hmm. be seen. And like, and she goes and hides in the bed. Um, so that, and I don't know if that's a, a scenario of people like digging for symbolism, um, <laughs> where it isn't really, mm-hmm. um, but you know, that, like I said, there was, there was a lot that you could nitpick and, and unpack and not that, that I would ever see myself going back and rewatching this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure that I would notice a lot of things yeah. um, that I missed the first time. Like yeah. one of the other things that I, I noticed, um, that I thought was me like, Oh, that's going to come back around. Kind of like leaving the visor down yes. that never did was that like, you know, you see be the, when noticing the dog door. Initially, when she's inside the house, and then that ends up being how she gets back in when they kick her out. Right. There's never a dog. Yeah. Well, I assume that David's family's gone, right? And this is okay. one of their many houses, and yeah. they took the family dog. Or, um, but I thought that it was like, um, <sighs> you know, the Weimariners are gone. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess you know. Then the point of her noticing the dog door was then to explain how she knew to use that to get back into the house later. But at that time, when I was still open to the possibility of there actually being a killer, I was like, oh, you know, because that's um, like in Red Dragon, mm-hmm. where he kills the family pet first yes. before he goes and 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 kills the entire family. <sighs> And so, so I'm like, crazy. oh, wh- where's the dog? What's happened to the dog? Oh, we're supposed to notice that. And then it's like, yeah, but for another reason. Like, yeah. not the reason. Not actually I was the thinking. reason you're thinking. Yeah. But yeah, there was a, there was a lot <sighs> happening in it. Um, I guess if you go into it with the right um, mentality, it would be really enjoyable. Um, yes. I think I went into it um, expecting something else. And I know you said, like, you. Didn't, wasn't expecting I, I you know I, I kind of <laughs> I tried telling you <laughs> <laughs> well yeah but you were telling me like how much you liked it and so that supported my idea that I, w- I would like it too and I okay at the time I did not um, <laughs> <laughs> I will I will say that I didn't feel like the performers were really that great although the the actress that plays B she um was in the Borat sequel yes um she, she she goes all in in the Borats. Sequel. Oh yeah, she and didn't she? I don't know. if She got like an Oscar nomination or got, like something. She got recognized, recognized for a for lot it. of stuff. Yeah, and then stuff. she's also you know she does a voice in Marvel because that was one of the other trivia pieces is that her Pete Davidson and Lee Pace all have been in Marvel projects. Marvel movies. Um, but um, she, I think that her there was the introduction of her character into this setting was interesting in and of itself. It was kind of like your next where he's mm-hmm. bringing the girlfriend, um, <sighs> you know, movie. home like you've got the wealthy <laughs> family. Although um, here there was a much more dramatic gap between because the wealth of the house they're visiting you know, way exceeded the wealth of the family in your next. Yeah. Um, and then um, 
uh, B's character definitely seemed like, you know, well, it's like she's obviously an immigrant. Like she has she has her Russian accent, the actress's actual Russian or whatever Eastern European accent mm-hmm. um, that that actress has. Um, and, you know, it, it from all uh, accounts, it seems like she's the only child of a single parent because, you know, she has to drop out of school to take care of her sick mother. So there doesn't seem like there's any other family that it's just the two of them. And so she her background is so enormously different from the background of the people that she's surrounded by that, mm-hmm. you know, they they did work with that and, and integrate that into the story. But that could have been a story by itself. Right. Yeah. Um, but they were doing a lot. <laughs> there was a lot going on. And yeah. I, I do think it was kind of funny. Well, not funny, but interesting when Sophie's kind of being like, you're all ganging up on me. You're telling me I'm at an addict. But what are you guys doing? Mm-hmm. Like all of you are just doing whatever. Drugs, snorting coke, drinking. Yeah. But uh, I'm the one with the, I'm problem. the problem. And I'm she says one. it's because I'm, I'm the black girl. Yeah. Like when the black girl does a bunch of drugs, she has to go to rehab. But what are you guys doing? Which is interesting because Jordan was black, too. Right. Um, but then, then there was Emma and Alice were both white. Although I didn't really see Jordan super no. partying. Like, no, they didn't show like her. Like, else. she didn't take the Xanax. She wasn't doing coke. Um, yeah. yeah. So she wasn't really. Um, but yeah, they even plucked that thread a little bit, like the race card. Um, and uh, and obviously, like Pete Davidson, you know, even though he died early on, like was doing a ton of drugs and was yeah. like the rich white guy. Yes, and I think that a lot of it. Throughout the movie, them being like, where have you been? Um, you know, it felt like they were feigning concern. Yeah. It didn't seem real. Yeah. And then, but Jordan was like, I had to go to therapy. Ask Alice, because I had PTSD. <laughs> and um, and I, I thought, okay, well, maybe Jordan's, you know, f- concern was genuine because she wanted to be with Sophie. That's, and or maybe control her or mm. you know whatever and maybe. that's different but everybody else maybe with the exception of david who actually was like what are you doing here sophie you know like he seems like he likes her but also yeah. like what are you doing here yeah um i don't know it just seemed really superficial not real mm-hmm. like which maybe like you know aligns with the the class setting for them um, and because there and there's also a point and I don't know if it was Jordan or Alice that said that to Sophie that like, you know, like, no, we're rich. You and David are stupid rich. Like mm-hmm. there is they're making divisions even amongst themselves in terms of their their wealth. And all of this doesn't even like address the fact that like, you know, there was a big representation of queer lifestyles in the in the story that that was it's been recognized um you know, in, in some film festivals, I think for that representation as well, um, that they really like, they, they plucked every social element and criteria that you could possibly introduce, Mm -hmm. um, into this dynamic with this group of kids, like maybe even too much. I, yeah. I mean, I thought it was fun because it was young people. They were feigning concern and history with each other. They had these superficial relationships with each other. Mm -hmm. They had to try to act like how they think they should act. Mm -hmm. Then you you put it, throw in a lot of drug use and Mm -hmm. crazy behavior and add a hurricane and possible murders. Yeah. And then see what happens. Absolutely. Well, (laughs) um, one of the other things that are out the game bodies, 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 like that's actually, you know, derived from party games that exist from in different countries have some different versions. Um, But the director was talking about the um, part before they started the game with the, um, 
hitting each other and then taking the shots mm-hmm. um, that she really liked including that because um, you know it just kind of showed like that the meeting of you know aggression but also like sensuality and just like you know uh, like emotional outlets and things like that mm-hmm. um, that to incorporate that into the game like that's just what these young people needed in their like coke you just up. need to be punched like, you just you just need to hit each other and then play this game where you pretend to die like just this all sounds super <laughs> but smart but Emma's gonna start crying and oh then- my god <laughs> there goes Emma again uh. um, but yeah there was there was a lot to to think about and consider like you say and just kind of like dropping them you know like that Agatha Christie setting like yes. you know when we were talking about the menu if you just take a collection of people and like Agatha Christie or the menu is different because they're they're unconnected people Yes. And Clue as well. You know, it's it's these people have no they don't know each other. They're complete strangers. And in this case, you have the opposite. You have a group of people that have known each other for a really long time and then two new faces. And so when when you do that, the kind of whodunit scenario in that, it's like, oh, you're supposed to suspect the new people. But then that's obvious. So it's not going to be the new people. Um, And that's what kind of fuels the the um, I guess the intrigue and the suspicion of each other. Yeah. And not actually telling each other how they feel. Yeah, the fact that they don't actually <laughs> trust each other when it comes down to it. Yeah. Because they do turn on each other. I um, thought it was a recipe for hilarity. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but you have to be careful. Remember, it. you can't say hilarity ensues to somebody who doesn't watch horror movies because then they're going to think it's a comedy. Okay, it's a mix. <laughs> I think it's a mix. Yeah. I think it's a, 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 slash, a satirical Gen Z slasher comedy. Comedy. Yes. Nailed yes. it. There you go. There you go. So if that's that's what you're in for and you haven't seen it yet and this conversation has titillated you. I have a question. Do what? you do you like this more or less than Jacob's Ladder? Ooh. I would say more just because Slasher is my my jam. Um Jacob's Ladder was so psychological. Yes. Which yeah. um you know, choosing between those two genres, I would pick Slasher. Okay. But, um, yeah, I should ask Victor this because he yeah, like hates Jacob's he, Ladder yeah. so much. Um, that'd be a fun little tidbit I can share next time. Yeah, <laughs> please this do. Is how, what do you think? He, his biggest grievance with this movie was the music. Well, that, oh, that's it. another um, fun fact that I read that, um, when they, they're like first day on set, the director asked all the actors what their favorite like songs and music were, and that's what she used. Yes, and I think I, I read that also but I also read a lot of the music was supposed to be something that you can't really connect to oh yeah it's it was, supposed to make it was supposed you to be like kind of grating and weird yeah maybe, or make you some discomfort yeah you're like um, ew or what are be, they playing <laughs> maybe that was just us <laughs> <laughs> well we'll have to ask some like 22 year old that has seen this, this movie what, what they thought to? Like, how does really? this make you feel <laughs> <laughs> um Triggered. No. <laughs> Stop gaslighting me about Stop the music. Me. Ah, okay. Sorry. Sorry, Gen Z. I love yeah, you. You're great. <laughs> Good luck with all all Good your future all endeavors. We're kind of. I mean, elder millennial man. Yeah. Well, we're but so we're, we're jaded. We're, getting on. we're we're pretty tired. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> we're I just know. tired in in every way we're you like, can imagine. How many wars and crises can we get through and columbines and all that stuff? Uh, yeah. But then add that to 
Gen but I mean, that's Z's, true. Like that like goes way, way into more, the, right? the desensitization. Like our our generation has been desensitized to all of that stuff just because of its frequency and like just continuous nature. Yeah. And, and so like the Gen Z, like them, they're desensitized to all of these like mental health conditions or um, social emotional behaviors that it, it just it loses its meaning. Yeah. And you can't, you get, you can't, just can't feel for it anymore. You can't react to it anymore because you're just so dead inside. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would watch another movie by this lady. I think yeah. she has, oh, there's, she was, there's a project she's going to work on next. And I was like, mm. that sounds interesting, but I forgot what it was. <laughs> yeah. So I can't, I can't share it. But for next time though, our next movie, we are going to, oh, and when I show this to Charlotte, Yeah. I, th- oh, I think she think it was funny. Bodies, bodies, bodies. Um, yeah, yeah. There's another. I mean, there, there's obviously violence and um, sexual references, but no sexual behavior really. Other than there's nothing but kissing. Yeah, and heavy petting, super heavy petting. <laughs> when was there heavy petting? Like in the very beginning. They were they were standing up. Yeah. That's about it. But they were literally just petting. Oh. <laughs> so like, like, like animal petting. Baby, baby <laughs> caressing. And all um, but yeah. And I mean, obviously there's going to be, there's a lot of uh, cursing and whatnot and drug use. <laughs> um, yeah. That's what I thought was interesting. IMDb had this listed um, for drug use. It said moderate. Drug and alcohol use was moderate. There's like so much. I was like, moderate? What do you consider severe? Tom was like, look up Scarface. What do they say for Scarface? <laughs> Big piles of drugs yeah. is adequate. Adequate. <laughs> Sufficient. Train spotting is probably like, you know, more. One right? would hope. One would hope. I hope. That one, that movie scarred me. You want yeah. to talk about movies that yeah. mess me up. Might be that one. But I would say uh, this is a this is a teenager um, horror movie. Yeah. I think Charlotte would think it's funny. Yeah. Or maybe not funny, but like, oh gosh, I can't yeah. believe they did that. Oh well, no! And, and those that language is something that would resonate even even with her. You know, at thirteen, yeah. Um, like she does eye rolls. She's like, yeah. Ugh. Well, they they use the terms trigger and I, I don't know about gaslighting, but like you know, mental health, like all of all of that language we've we've taught them because we wanted to empower them and give them the tools to not be um, damaged by the the difficulties that they're going to encounter in life and it kind of flipped around on us well i think i feel like us as parents we try to soften the blow yeah that was our intent soften the blow how can you traverse this yeah and then it turned into this is really dumb yeah (laughs) like i don't know yeah i just like we didn't want them to internalize the you know suffering or pain or or anything any experiences anymore because we saw what that does to your mental health as an adult but then by naming it and shining a light on it and everything, yeah, it's, it, I mean, it kind of maybe took away its power, but it doesn't mean that that stuff's not still happening. We could talk about this all day. Yes, I know. She was about to say for next time. <laughs> for next time. We are talking about let the right one in. No, we're not. No, we're, we're not. We already did let the right one in. <laughs> oh. we're, we're ta- talk to me. Oh, talk to me. <laughs> we're Sorry. doing talk to me. <laughs> uh, the Australian gem. Very recent. Sorry. Okay, let me go back. Name titles like "Talk to Me," "Let the Right One In." Oh, they're all it comes so at night. Those are all movie titles that interchangeable. I well, it's Stop like all the, the, time. the possession, the possessed, the exorcist, the Pope's exorcist, the right, the ritual, the ritualistic. Like it yeah. comes at night. It, it's it comes during the day. The bad it thing follows it. It, it follows. <laughs> I, I, you know, put it in better name. 
Yeah. Well, you know, and we've just seen so many at this point. I know. I'm forgetting. When so, they need to name them like Friends episodes. The one where Pete Davidson cuts his own neck. <laughs> this is the one where she talks to a hand. <laughs> yep. This is the one. Talk to me. Yeah. It came out in 2022. It was, it, three. Yeah. We we're found two sure. or three. But yeah, it's an Australian film. So we're guessing maybe it was released um, internationally, like in other countries in 22, but it came out in the US in 23. Yes. But we saw it in the theater just last year. Yeah. Watch it. Um, it's really good. It's fantastic. Victor is very like anti watching it. He doesn't want to watch it. Well, we're going to have to fix to watch that. that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so um, good talk. I'm glad you suffered through that movie <laughs> to talk about it with me. I like it. I'm glad that I, I saw it. it. I'm glad I saw it. I'm glad we talked about it because there was a lot there. Yes. Um, so watch the movie if you have not. And we are glad to be back, even if I keep saying the wrong movie titles. Happy 2024. 2024. That's it. Yep. <laughs> I almost said 23. Bye. <laughs> Bye.